Hello, it's Akiande here. This past summer, we've missed you guys, but we spent it preparing, getting better as a podcast and as an institution that delivers content about the African continent and about African people to you. During this time, we built our first new website. You can check us out at saveafricapod.com where you can find all of our episodes, our merch incoming, stories about us, an understanding of who actually works on the Pod Save Africa team, and news and events about what we have going on. Other than that, we also got to put our podcast on Spotify, so you can now find us on Spotify and pretty much wherever else you find podcasts. Finally, we got to do our first live podcast show. It was really exciting for me. I've spoken in front of large audiences before, but it was my first time moderating such an event like this. It was exciting. It was a phenomenal conversation. And we, me and Owen Consola, interviewed three women entrepreneurs, three African women entrepreneurs that are chasing their dreams and breaking paths and making ways in lanes that our people are not used to. It was a phenomenal experience. Uh, and we will be sharing all the information of all the individuals we interviewed in the show notes. And we're just excited to have done this experience and had it with you. We got to participate in the Midwest African Student Organization Conference that they host every year. And it was a phenomenal activity that brought intellectuals from all the different colleges and uh, universities all over the Midwest of the United States. And we discussed and shared thoughts and it was a phenomenal opportunity to host our podcast in front of an audience of about 250 people. It was a remarkable experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If I haven't said how much I enjoyed it already. Um, And please, I hope you enjoyed this recording we had of it too. We recorded it live in an auditorium, so the echo and the sound of the space will be reflected in the podcast, just for the authenticity of it. We truly appreciate you staying with us and listening to Pod Save Africa, and we look forward to bringing you even more and more content over the next season. See you soon, and enjoy the podcast. Right in front of 
for phenomenal women. Uh, three of whom will be sharing their stories and their experiences, running businesses, doing pursuing a unique career path. And um, to start, let me ask the first question. And I like to go deep, like straight up. I don't ask no like how did it? I don't care about that. Um, the first question I'm going to ask you is, why do you get up in the morning? What drives you? What makes you do what you're doing? You're running it. It's totally a very different path to take. Why? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, honestly, because I didn't expect to be doing what I'm doing at all. So the fact that I've been able to progress this much in this amount of time, like, I don't see if I'm to stop myself. I just want to keep going and doing better. Is that enough? Is that enough? I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. I'm a little bit more spiritual or whatever. Um, so for me, I feel like it's. Um, Knowing that like God has me in the picture and I'm contributing towards His will um, and His purpose that He has set out for my life. So, uh, for me, I believe life is all about living with no regrets. If you ask people who are you know older um, near their deathbed, what is the greatest I guess um, tragedy in life is um, having regrets. And so I don't want to have any regrets, and I want to uh, pursue what I know in my heart is meant for me to do, and despite whether my parents agree or not, which they've come around, but, um, yeah, I'm just gonna do me, live my life to the best of my ability. That's fine. Um, so I get the floor next. Um, my first question for you guys is, what you're doing now, is that what you foresaw yourself doing when you first started out in college, as a freshman, as a sophomore? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I was just surrounded by hair, and I got to pass my time. Um, I didn't have friends in each other. But uh, I didn't want to do hair. I hated doing it. I thought it was a lot of work. But like I said, I went to school, well, not like I said, I went to school for health administration, Bowling State University. And yeah, I ended up being in the office, to be honest. But God did a good enough for me, like you said. Um, what was the rest of the question? That's it. Uh, there is a follow-up, actually. Where was that switch? Where did that switch happen, that trajectory sh shift? And what was that experience like for you when you made that switch? Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did it through college. So um, I noticed now, like, the more money I was making, I was putting money back into myself as far as branding and stuff like that. So by the time I was finishing college, it was growing, like the business was growing and stuff like that. So um, I, I don't want to stop. I went and did my internship um, at a hospital, and I gave myself that time to figure out if I want to continue with what I'm in school with, or I want to continue growing my business. And it was really, really hard. Like I cried my senior year because it was a really, really big decision I set out here to college. So if I was going before, I had to know like this was a decision. I don't know where but that's what you wanted to make the decision because I'm young. So, when you first started out in college, is, was this what you saw yourself doing? Um, and if it wasn't, what, where did that switch happen? Like, what pushed you to make that switch, and how was making that decision? Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, I am a makeup artist, and um, I've always been an artist my entire life. Like, since my childhood, I won like, awards for paintings. Um, 
I had sketches, I had like sculptures and stuff like that. Um, but I grew up with my parents both being in the medical field, so I was like extremely influenced by that and pushed in that direction. So in fact, when I initially started college, I started off in the industry. But um, I remember it started off with the best friends uh, photo shoot. And at the time, I was just starting to get into makeup on myself. And so I asked my friends, can I do your makeup for the photo shoot? And it turned out really good. And um, from there, I started doing my mom's makeup and then doing her friends and then doing like homecomings and moms and stuff like that. And the transition where I like sort of kind of contemplated that this would be a real thing was when I, um, I moved to Cincinnati and I was more so forced into doing makeup because I needed money. <laughs> um, I was working in retail and I was barely making like $300 every two weeks and I was supposed to be paying bills. And I was like, this is, uh, excuse me, was shitty. Um, and so I ended up uh, taking it in a side hustle. And I was basically financing with all the college students. They have 25,000 kids, you feel me? And I was making enough to like, support myself and pay my bills. And it baffled very quickly, actually, it turned into something that I ended up loving. And um, over the past two years, it has grown tremendously and has like, accomplished a lot. So, yeah. And so your question was, could we first see ourselves doing this in the future? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be in like the TV industry in some way. I, I used to say like, I'm going to be an actress or something. I even said like, okay, I watched like Disney Channel and be like, okay, by the time I'm 16, if I'm not like on a hit show, then like, I'm not going to be That's how I got to where I am now. So I, it's always been a passion of mine, but I wanted to like 
still make my family proud. Right. So, that's Before you get to the mic, I think one thing that stood out from what each of you said is that you recognized your passion. Um, and for some of us, that can be more difficult to do. Um, so what, what is one tip that you realized in figuring out your passion that you can give to the audience and, okay, this is how to recognize that this is your passion? Because we can try different things. Yeah. And like you said, if you apply yourself to anything you do, you can be successful at it. But how do you recognize that, okay, this is that passion and this is what I need to be doing? Okay. Good question, yes. <laughs> um, the reason why I'm excited to answer this question is because it took me a while to realize that there's a difference between your passion and your gifts. Mm -hmm. So you can be talented at multiple things and like the things that you're good at, mm -hmm. but that, that not necessarily your passion. Mm -hmm. So I am talented and makeup is my gift, but I'd be lying to you if I said it was my passion. Mm -hmm. Women and children are my passion. Mm -hmm. I care about giving to people. I care about making a difference in people's lives. And um, with makeup, I have the ability to do that. I can have a woman walk into my studio and you know, she's meek, she's quiet, and you know, just calm and relaxed. But as soon as she like transforms, as soon as she sees her face, all of a sudden, all this confidence comes into her. That's what I love. I love pouring into people, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I think that in order to figure out what your passion is, you have to like not only assess your gifts, but like ask yourself like what do I want to contribute to this world, and what do like how do I see myself doing that every single day? You know what I'm saying? Some people are like um, they're self motivated. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's where the passion comes from. That's what it's fueled by. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel me, but I think you have to like literally assess your gifts and like ask yourself. Like, what do I want to wake up every single day? And how do I want to like, use my gifts to like pour back into this world? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Because I also feel like um, the biggest thing that you can do on, on this earth is serve others and give back. And so what is the unique way that you can serve others is, is um, the way that I look at it. But the question is, um, how do you find your passion? Yes, what tip you can give to the audience? Like, there's no one way to find you, but a tip in figuring out what that passion is. Right, because it's really challenging, and because it took me a while, too. I mean, I, I always knew kind of the area that I wanted to do, but it took me a while to, I guess, gain the confidence to actually do it. But as far as um, a tip to follow or find what your passion is, what, I mean, what could you see yourself doing for free, like if there was no money involved, what, what would you do on your free time that's, you know, that brings you joy and then find a way to get paid doing that? Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, what I noticed is going to my gym or anywhere, even sometimes class, this class I really like fighting to wake up in the morning. Like I don't really want to do this, so I wake up at like six, seven to go to the shop. And sometimes I'm not making money that day, I'm just making wigs, but I think I've been my passion for a long time just because it was looked down on for so long. So even though I said I needed to here, like, I didn't see a reason to like doing it. So the more freedom I made myself, I feel like I just noticed myself loving what I'm doing more and more. And I, this is probably the first year I've been honest to have a little bit here. Like, 
it was just annoying before, but now I really really like it, and that's that's what I'm gonna start. I wake up early, no problem. But if it's for anything else, I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add to that? I think one good thing she said was, um, oh, dang, I just forgot. But it was like, what's your point, basically, about like not denying your passion? That's extremely important. Um, with makeup being like part of the artistic field or whatever, especially being first generational, our parents really like push anything that's related to like the STEM field. You know what I'm saying? So um, public health, which is what I'm going to school for, like my passion game comes to women and children. So correlating health and women and children, I can do that, right? But at the same time, I, I can't deny that I love makeup. You know what I'm saying? And I have to say this to myself, like I can't completely let that go. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to be 30 years old and say, I completely threw this away. So I think if you wanna be able to find your passion, it's extremely important to not deny it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I think so. So um, now, I mean, just right here, while we're on the stage, while you're talking about us, how to find your passion. I found my passion. Something to ride on. 
You know what I'm saying? Because crying is something that a lot of our parents carry, if we're being honest. Um, so when it came to my parents, my dad has always supported me in everything that I do. Um, he learned from like around the second grade that <laughs> if Sally wants to do something, let her do it because it's it's better having her do what she wants to do and watching her be successful in that as opposed to trying to get her to do something else. And so when I started doing makeup or whatever, he was just like, okay. But then when I started like accomplishing things like going out of the country, when I had magazines with my work in it, when um, I was getting hired to go out of state, um, when I got my first four-figure check, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that like that like pushes. So like what I'll find is that he's bragging on these my aunties and my uncles about what I'm doing. So I need to talk he's proud of that. My mom, on the other hand, I think it's more so about securing the degree and the reputation aspect. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, being related to the health field or whatever. But I know that again, like she said, it's they'll come around. At the end of the day, if your life is for you, I can't live with my parents. You know what I'm saying? I can't wake up 20 years going to this establishment that I hate only to please my parents. What happens when they pass away? What happens when they're gone? They just give you your legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, but like. You know, I, I want my mom to live, I want my parents to live a long, healthy life or whatever. But what if they don't have to live like 90 or something and I'm like 60, 70 years old? And I'm looking back at my life like, damn, I hated my career. You know? So how? <laughs> yeah, so I, I completely agree with your, what you're saying as well. Our parents, like, they just want to make sure that we're successful. The reputation is a big deal. You know, they want to be able to say, my daughter is this, my son is that, whatever. Uh, but yeah, like, it was, for me, it was really hard at first because they were, my mother literally told me, either you're going to be the next Oprah or you're going to be homeless. Like, there's no in <laughs> Literally, that was it. And so I said, well, I was going to take my chances, but, um, and I'm not homeless, so that's great. <laughs> now that, you know, she's seeing that the, the risk that I took in, in myself and taking that leap of faith has paid off in tremendous ways, they're more than happy. They're even happier than I feel like I could be for myself. And it's, it's the most remarkable feeling. It's, it sometimes makes me emotional to even think about. But yeah, you just got to give them time. And there's going to be that time period where they're probably really just not messing with what you're doing. And it is what it is, Mom. I'm just going to hopefully prove you wrong. That's how I get that. Yeah, and I think one thing that stood out from what you ladies have said is that you kind of have to teach them how to be proud of you. Yeah. You know, not they're bragging on your accomplishments, but they didn't think that they would. So like, you have to teach them, this is what I'm proud of, and you should be too. And then they would be. I mean, they're human beings, so they understand the nature of doing what you're passionate about. But, next question. <coughs> so, despite having like switched out of the initial roles that you plan to have taken, like, health, um, health systems field in public health, um, being a doctor <laughs> in health, um, do you see any ways where what you, what you wanted to do and what you, you're doing now like have some similarities? Do you see any ways in which your degree has helped you in any way? Do you see any merge um, in what you're doing? And this is just for me to be curious, but I, I think a lot of every profession has some similarity, but have you guys seen any application of that in your lives? Um, 
it's a thinker. <laughs> yeah, I've got to think about that. I, I want to say no, but I mean, either way, like, because I did have a passion for health at some point. I did want to become a doctor for myself as well, um, and that's all for the purpose of giving back and helping others. So even with what I do now, I tell stories that impact it. You know, the community that I live in. So I'm, I'm relaying important information, whether, whether there's a tornado watch or, you know, a shooting or anything like, you know, bad or good. Um, so I'm still giving back in that sense. And then um, I guess because I do have some background with health, um, anything that's a health-related story, that's usually the stories that I would enterprise and, you know, bring to the table, like, hey, this is happening in the hospital. I think I should cover that because I have that kind of insight on that and I understand, you know, the health aspect of things, so it kind of does merge. Mm -hmm. So now that I think about it, I guess it kind of does, but yeah. Um, I feel like I've been asking myself this question <laughs> for like the past year. How can I get help, health, and makeup, or I should say beauty in general, to like merge? Um, and honestly, the common denominator just came back to when they children. Um, I have been able to, you know, work for like um, nonprofits in terms of like fashion shows and stuff like that, which is cool or whatever, but that's not, I would find a way to like actually merge the two. I don't think I've found that yet though, so. Um, so, 
year, I went through a phase where I felt like a failure. So there's a difference between failing and feeling like a failure. Um, and I was depressed because of it. And I suffered through depression and anxiety. And um, I just, and it was actually really crazy because everything in my business was actually booming. I um, was working with Amazon. I just started getting published. I worked with a couple of uh, celebrity makeup artists I got to work with. And nominating uh, journalists, Helen Walker. Like, I, like, all these like great things were happening in my life, right? But I was struggling internally because I felt like a failure. And um, it was almost like a click one day that I had to like learn that there were lessons to be learned in like every downfall. You know what I'm saying? So how do you work past failure? Remembering that like this doesn't define you. You know what I'm saying? This is not who you are. There's like wings waiting for you on the other side. Um, to get past the failure, I feel like sometimes you have to again assess, look at it, what caused it, um, what were different ways I could approach the situation, you know what I'm saying? And use that and apply it for the next venture. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, so a dark time for me, I guess, or a time where I thought I was a failure was um, after graduating college. Let me just say post-grad depression is real. Okay. Yes, um, it really yeah, is. Yeah. Stay in like, college forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the four year just the four years just flew by. It's like, okay, here I am now. And you kind of feel like, okay, I did the work, I have my degree, the world owes me a job. Yeah. And then when the world isn't, you know, answering your your prayers, then you're just kind of like, what does that mean? What, how does that reflect negatively on me? And then, you know, in my case, I was living at home with my parents um, for for a year after college. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't finding a job, and uh, that was tough to have them like in my face, just kind of like, oh, we told you we should have. But in that moment, like, or in that time, like, it was really hard for me. But for me. Uh, what helped me get through it was I'm a very spiritual person, but like my relationship with God in that in the darkest time of my life, my relationship with God um, was just skyrocketed, and I just realized that like you know everything that happens is for a reason, and I'm in this place right now because there's a lesson that I'm supposed to learn. Maybe it's patience, maybe it's you know believing in myself, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, so for me, I just turned to God and just knew that like. Um, everything's going to work out. Like, I knew it and I believed it. So there's one thing to just say, but to actually believe it, and little by little, everything fell into place, and now I'm in a much better place than I was last year, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so you're all black women, um, in black business women, and as we all know, there are one-sided stories in this world, generally, to anything, to any demographic, um, to any country. Um, and so we unconsciously learn some of those narratives. Um, it's, that's just fact. It's, as human beings, we unconsciously learn some things. But what are some narratives that you found that you unconsciously like, learned that through owning your business, you had to unlearn slash like, overcome? And I, I know that's a thinker, so you keep thinking mm -hmm. about it. But I would like to hear. So you're saying, what are some, I guess, negative thoughts or beliefs that we had to unlearn? Yes. Okay. Um, for me, I would say, just in general, as people, like naturally, we kind of are very self-limiting. And, and then we also project our insecurities and things onto other people. 
and, it's, and I'm not to say that our parents do that, but like, you know, they don't, they don't know that it's possible, so they just put that on you like it's not possible, but you have to believe in, within yourself that it is. So for me, it, I, there was a lot of unlearning that I had to do as far as like knowing and truly believing that whatever I want in this life, I can get that. Because why not, you know? And then that's also a difference between our parents and us is that they're coming to this country trying to provide a better life, a better future for their family here, for their family back home. It's like they're in survival mode. But the difference between them and us is that it's we are here to you know reach self-actualization, reaching our full potential in every aspect that that is. And so with that comes a lot of unlearning and a lot of unpacking why we think the way that we do or why we think that there's only certain areas that we can succeed. So I don't know if that answers that question, but yeah, yeah that's how I look at it. Um, I feel like, again, we can be very self-limiting or whatever, so um, a lot of the narratives that I feel like I'm still trying to break past is the whole, you're just another native artist. You know, our work in a field that's like super saturated. However, um, the beauty business is a billion dollar industry. I know that black women are the ones who contribute billions of dollars towards it. Um, and I know that there's a style for everybody. So I know there's a consumer out there that wants me. So constantly trying to remind myself that I'm not just another blank. You know what I'm saying? I am Sally. Hey, you feel me? Yeah. I do. I do. You feel me? I'm But, but 
look back on my college experience and like there are a few things that I wish I did better, a younger version of me, or a few, a bad, a few things. I, I don't regret the life I'm living anyway. But if there are things that you could have advised a younger version of yourself while you're, while you're in college, while you're doing other things at a time, uh, but you know, for the folks in front of you, look them in the eye and tell them what they need to be doing right now. Um, when I was in college, I was involved. I was involved. I was very involved in my EPA. I was president. I was every um, it was I was in a position, but I do wish I was more involved in other organizations, like more towards even though I didn't use it, more towards my um, major and things like that, like the healthcare um, organizations, like nursing organization, um, biology organization, just something to help me with school because I didn't go to school, but that help is really necessary. So that's the only thing.
pop in. They're gonna have they gonna hear from me when I look for a job. Um, you know, I, I was kind of like I was kind of like chasing all these things. I was you know doing speaking engagements, but I feel like there was a part of that just being chill, having fun that I didn't get to do. Um, I guarantee you, like when you graduate, you think you have time to do it all the time. Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you really, you, you and your better just like best friends once you got serious. Like you really like being at home. It's things change. So um, there are a bunch of things that I wish I took advantage of in a college atmosphere that I didn't get to. Um, I just recommend those of you that are go getters, all of you. I mean, you guys are like a wonderful bunch. Um, you know, sometimes you just take a trip, take a week off, go to the spa sometimes, do something nice for yourself. Self care is important. Exactly. So um, we have somebody from the crowd that had a question. Do you want to pass in the microphone? Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and now we got the lights on you guys. Look at that. Honestly, and that's why I put so much um, 
emphasis on my work, I have to make sure that my work is speaking for itself so that word, word of mouth goes around like, oh, she does this, oh, she did this, here it goes. Tried, um, my internship did help me as far as meeting people, um, how to um, present yourself, that did help me when I was doing an internship for my um, major, that's what I have transferred over, but other than that, it's really like I just try to put myself into my work. And then along the way, work with making myself know, making my uh, presence known. Social media was also hard. Um, I started that early uh, college. I started at the beginning of college, and it really is, social media is so weird, so you really just try to do your best. Um, that's what I marketed most, mostly through, because I was in two different locations. I was, is this one? Yeah. I'm so quiet, okay. I was in Columbus, and I was in Bowling Green, so just being able to market to the Bowling Green, Toledo area, and to Columbus. So I did end up going around like business cards, hair stores, college campuses, like in the union. Even if people didn't know me personally, when I was more, when I wasn't as involved, that's what I ended up doing, just to try to get my name out there. And I think just to touch on what she said, it's important to study and perfect your craft. Because um, again, like your work speaks for itself. Um, you can, I, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from an artist's point of view. You know what I'm saying? Like if I do someone's makeup and they go to a wedding, that sometimes will bring me five, 10 clients from that alone, you know what I'm saying? And people like my work. So if you not only, um, you know, and when I say study your craft, I actually mean like the people who are doing what you're doing, what makes them successful? What, what is it exactly that you like about their style or what they're doing or how they do it, you know what I'm saying? Studying it and implementing it into your style, your craft, and then uh, perfecting it, because then you can charge what you're worth, baby, and that's really what matters, you The money comes after you, you know, the value, actually matches, you know, so. What was my saying? Yeah. Anyone else? Questions? Any other questions? I got a question. Okay. okay. My name is Steven. Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> when it comes to like your social circles and stuff, can you, can you guys just like speak on like the importance of that? Um, because like you just said, um, you look at people who are doing the same things that you're doing, um, kind of as for motivation, but um, how about your friends, the people that you surround yourself with? Like, do these people also do the same thing that you guys are doing, or is it speaking that? Uh, so my, my best friend is also a reporter as well, or um, a journalist as well. So, I mean, of course you have friends that are outside of the, the um, industry that you're in just because, you know, you're in school or whatever the case is. I just want to put it up close. Um, but um, I think it's good, whatever um, industry that you are in, or wherever you're trying to succeed, it's good to have a, a network of people that are in that same field that can help you. Like for instance, um, I'm, you know, I'm in a small station in Nebraska right now, and I had an amazing opportunity to jump 100 markets in, um, it's, it's still in Nebraska, but in a bigger city, and um, with that comes negotiating how much you're gonna get paid. Okay, and so um, they were trying to kind of lowball me because I have a little bit of experience. Well, I don't have as much experience, so they're, they're kind of thinking like, I'm doing you a favor by giving you this job, and this is what we're gonna pay you. And I had to summon the courage to be like, no, that's not gonna happen. And with the counsel of my um, friends slash network group, um, I negotiated and I'm getting paid twice what I asked, what they were gonna offer. <laughs> Group of friends who are all makeup artists, 
um, and some hairstylists. The reason why I think it's important is because um, not only can they inspire you, not only do they support you, not only do they motivate you, but they can also help you like get a positive. You know what I'm saying? I believe in like pouring into people, um, not because okay, that sounds very selfish. I believe in pouring into people because um, ultimately, at the end of the day, they can help you get up higher. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with sharing what you're doing with other people, teaching other people how to do what you do. There's nothing wrong with people even being better than you because ultimately, what it means is more opportunities, more access to resources. You know what I'm saying? More access to like people who are even more successful than you and them. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's very important to surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing as you, even if it feels like it's in a completely competitive or saturated field. Um, a lot of my friends have side hustles, and I encourage that in all of them. Um, I have a lot of friends in the beauty industry or trying to find their way in the beauty industry, and when you have like a group of people who work together like that, you can bounce stuff off of each other all the time. You need help with this, you need help with that. It's, it's just like a a mini network that can grow into a bigger and larger network like the more you work with each other. Mm -hmm. Alright, uh, let's give it a four. Oh, oh, no, 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 or just in your career where um, uh, male dominance and um, male influence is really huge. Um, so how do you navigate those spaces and what do you plan to do to try to encourage more women of color to uh, follow their passions as well as, um, yeah, basically follow their passions and break that um, chain?
particular career field, there's not a lot of diversity. And then, well, your question was centered towards being a woman, right? Um, yeah, it's, it, I want to say it's also a male-dominated industry as well. Of course, there are a lot of females in, um, in news, but um, for me, I just, I don't really know how to answer this question, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> because um, my issues haven't been me being a woman, uh, me being a woman, it's more so like me being a woman of color. And so that's really what more I can speak on, to be honest, because like being in um, an industry that doesn't have a lot of diversity, I deal with a lot of microaggressions even at my station. And it's kind of crazy to think about because you're thinking like, these are all college educated journalists. Like you think you would know better, but they don't. And um, it's, I feel like as a, as a black woman, as an African woman, I have to work 10 times harder to be seen, you know, with the same, in, in the same way. And so I try to do that. And um, I also am not ashamed, to, or I'm very proud of being black and being African um, to the point where every opportunity I get to rock my natural hair on TV, I do that. Because this is, it means something for some little black girl watching on TV to see you know, someone look like me that, that be on the news like that. So I don't know if I answered that question. I think so Excited to be at the job, so learning that if I want to put on a dress, I can. 
can. Um, and of course, you still get the remarks, right? And some of the remarks I got were from women too, um, which is interesting. So that's part of what we, and that's okay because we all learn stuff. We're all like putting in narratives that we don't understand that are harmful um, until it's out loud. So like, I remember I wore a dress on a Friday and it was like, you do know today's casual Friday, right? So, <laughs> but I'm learning to, it's okay to be yourself. In, you're an engineer, but you can be a different type of engineer. It's, it's okay to be this engineer. It's okay to be the person that always has a smile. Because that's what I'm known for. And it's okay to put yourself into what you're doing too.